Two weeks left in the season. Playoff races are in full go mode. Eliminations this week. Teams will be clinching, and we're here to talk about it. Hello, everybody. Terry Bennett here on the Power Plus Mouth Guard North Texas Regional Show right here on L4 Media and S2SSports.com. As Matt Diggs and I are going to be breaking down all of North Texas 4A, 3A, and 2A, all brought to you by Power Plus Mouthguard. You can find them online at PowerPlusMouthguard.com. It's the future of mouthguards. We've talked about them now for four years. If, if you have a kid playing sports or if you're a weekend warrior and you're playing sports, any kind of sports that there might be contact, check out Power Plus Mouthguard. You know, we always talk about what it does for your concussion rate, you know, for football players and soccer players and lacrosse players and all that. Uh, and it's amazing. 0.02%. You can find all that data, by the way, online. Just go to PowerPlusMouthGuard.com. Third-party data. Just go to the data and research. But also, Mouthguard, the PowerPlus MouthGuard helps you perform better. How? It aligns your jaw. When your jaw is aligned perfectly, more oxygen in, more oxygen to the blood, more oxygen to the brain. You're more clear-headed. You can react faster. You can be a better athlete and be safe. Right now, 10% if you act today, just put in the promo code POWERUP2023. And we are so happy that they're title sponsor uh, for this show. And again, they're our sponsor on our Sideline to Sideline show. And they've been with us for four years because I truly believe in the product Power Plus Mouthguard. All right, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, Matt Diggs and I are going to break down some of the North Texas districts here as we get to week 10 of the season. Now, as we were talking these games, some of these have been moved to Thursday. Uh, and so if we say Friday, it's just because we didn't know at the time. Literally, like I was getting updates because we recorded this on Wednesday night. Uh, I was getting updates as we were recording. Oh, this, you know, like Ponder. I mean, uh, uh, Glen Rose had been moved to Thursday. Munster Collinsville had been moved to, to Whitesboro still on Friday, but at 630 and all that kind of fun stuff. So if we say Friday and it's Thursday, understand we just didn't know when we were recording. Okay, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Matt Diggs joins me on the Power Plus Mouth Guard, North Texas show right here on S2S Sports, part of L4. Media. Here at L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie, and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. And you can see it all on our YouTube channel at L4 Media Company. Like and subscribe. Terry Bennett back here on the Power Plus Mouth Guard North Texas Regional Show. Now joined by my co-host and guest, my friend, my buddy, Matt Diggs. We're ready to talk a little small school football across the region. Uh, a little bit of a cheating we kind of already did with 7-4-A Division One. You should check that show out. It's pretty good. We talk all of those teams. But we're going to start in 5-2-A Division One, uh, where Toller's got everything wrapped up. They've just got to play you know their normal game the next two weeks but there is some interest between second and fourth place uh, especially this week you've got coleman three and one in district versus de leon three and two in district the bearcats uh this is going to decide the, the, the seating right here absolutely and in this district when i do my pickums every single week i just want to yell at the, the, the armadillos the sand seven no matter what i do i'm picking them wrong every single <laughs> week and 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 a, and a lot of their mediocrity in this district is what's created the gap between coleman and baines yeah. is now you know one or two games because sand seven can play up and play down depending on uh what version of them we got we've we've been talking about versions of teams and uh who we're going to get from week in and week out and obviously toller 
is giving us the, the best version of them every week. And even when they're playing a little bit down, they're so much better than everybody else. So we're, so we're getting these blowouts. But really, from two to seven in this district, it is fun. It is competitive. Uh, and there is a lot to be decided. Uh, I'm, I'm still a big fan of Coleman. You just got that traditional team. Uh, but De Leon is a team that is on the way up. They are playing well. This is their last game of the year uh, because they get the bye week in week 10. And uh, I always feel like that gives you a little bit more motivation because then you get two weeks to prepare for the playoffs. Uh, so De- Coleman's going to get De Leon's best shot. But I still think Coleman is pretty solid number two in this district. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I think, you know, both Coleman and De Leon have made the playoffs. Uh, it's just now about seeding. And I like your view on the, that last week. I, I think people don't don't get that. A lot of coaches, I know there'll be some coaches say, oh, I don't really want that 10th week or 11th week off because you got the playoffs and you don't want to be rusty. But more and more coaches talk about exactly what you say. Hey, we can give out, we, we can swing for the fence in week 10 and still have a week to rest and, and recuperate if, if, if we get injured. In saying that, I like Coleman. I still think Coleman has a couple round uh, run in them. But, but you're right about De Leon. Give them credit, man. Over the last few years, they've been 4-6, and 0-10, oh 1-9. It was, what, five or six years ago they had a nice run. And even then, that was a surprise run. I think if I remember correctly, they were 6-4 and four in the play, in the regular season and kind of upset a couple teams. Uh, but, yeah, at the end of the day, I, I like Coleman uh, over De Leon. Uh, San Saba is, is, uh, is idle this week. Bangs has Hamilton, and, and Goldwaith has Toller. Goldwaith will lose. Hamilton's a team, man. Like, you know, they're 1-3 in three in district, but when you really go and look at them, they lost by 4 to San Saba. They lost by 7 to Coleman. They beat De Leon by 7. They're the team, to me, that could end up being in that fourth spot that maybe people aren't looking at. Yeah, like I said, San Saba just infuriates me every week. You know, I, I'm trying to calibrate them, and, you know, one week they can beat Hamilton, and the next week they lose, and you're just like, what is this team uh, in any given week? But Hamilton is, to me, that tradition. You know, when I think of District 5-2A, I think of Toller Coleman uh, and Hamilton with San Saba with the right class being right there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Everybody has their own story. This is such a competitive district. I mean, even Goldthwait and Bangs, in certain certain years, are, have can give you everything you want and can go on uh, long playoff runs as well. So it is a fun from two to seven. It is one of the more competitive districts, and you don't get a lot of parity in in two A. It's usually the the big dogs against the the, the have nots, and you have these huge seventy to nothing scores, and then you have some of the middle ground games. Uh, but this district, again, I, I, you 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 see it with San Saba having beat Hamilton. That non playoff teams are may get wins over playoff teams in this district, but will it be enough? And will tiebreakers come into play? And as we were kind of talking about off air, it's, it's impossible to break down the impact of tiebreakers when it comes to some of these two, a programs. Yeah. And, and for people that don't know, there's no uniform way on tiebreakers. Every district votes they're on. Some have you know, a scoring, but some have caps at that at 15 or 21. And then some are like, Hey, whoever scores the most, they win. We'll see how it plays out. There's another district. That's like that a little bit too. That's eight to a division two. their district championship is possibly this week. Now this game I do know has been moved not to Thursday. It's, it's still Friday, but it's going to be in Whitesboro at six 30. That's Collinsville and Munster. Uh, I like Collinsville in this game. I think Munster can hang around with them, but I just think that Collinsville, that that passing game, uh, Logan Jenkins, Reed Patterson, Ryland Newman, Colin Barnes, haven't even had their stud wide receiver all year, Carter Scott, and they're still rolling. 
Yeah, they are rolling and uh, they're doing it. You got both sides of the ball, offense, defense, just putting up big numbers. Munster, you know, they have a, they have an okay defense, a serviceable defense for two a, their offense just doesn't have that firepower. Like you just listed with Collinsville and you get Collinsville in there. I think Collinsville should be a two score favorite. Uh, Celeste and uh, Celeste and Santo got moved to Thursday, not because of the weather, but because of officials. And, yeah. and I was like, Oh, why did I get to hear about that in time? And then in Collinsville and Munster moved to Whitesboro because of anticipated weather and, and field conditions. And, you know, this happens this time every year. You know, I remember last year, the all the games got moved to Thursday in week 11 and, and all kinds of craziness and six o'clock starts and all kinds of fun. But Collinsville, I think, is a great team. And I think they're going to, you know, for me, the question is, is 8-2A good enough to sweep 7-2A? And I, I think they potentially, potentially, if Lindsay has a good week uh, against a team like Seymour, you know, I, I think Seymour will be a favorite, but is it a big enough favorite just to completely say it's not possible? I don't think that's the case. I'm always looking forward to, and it's still calibrating the Winthorst Celeste yes, rematch yes. In, the, in the first round of the playoffs. It, it, it's just like they're looking at each other. We're getting a little bit of a budding rivalry here, and uh, that's the game I'm looking forward to. Celeste hasn't been as competitive with the big dogs as I was uh, would have liked to see, but I think uh, you know I think next week they get Munster, and uh, I think that Munster will probably be a little bit of a favorite. But I hope Celeste plays them a little bit better than they played Collinsville because Collinsville just kind of wiped the floor with them. Well, yeah, you know Celeste has been a little confusing this year. Uh, they wiped Collinsville wiped the floor with them, but Celeste did start out with the lead. It, it kind of mirrored what Collinsville did against Cooper, except for Cooper jumped out to such a bigger lead. Collins just couldn't couldn't catch him down uh, against Celeste. They, Celeste jumped out with the running game and ball control, and then Collinsville started hitting the big plays. I'm like you. I think next week against Munster, that's interesting because I think the difference between these two teams and how far they go in the playoffs might simply be who has the better seed. I think both Munster and Celeste could have a nice two- or three-round run in them as long as they get the favorable bracket. And I think we always think that second seed's always going to have a better path than the third seed. Oh, absolutely. And then all the, you know, and, and sometimes actually being in the second seed actually kind of saves you. I was thinking about the, the Brock and paradise uh, and how that kind of playoff role and Brock's looking at Bushland in the, in the third round, whereas paradise is like, oh, we, we got a pretty easy run if we can get through the, the first round as far as that goes. So sometimes seeding can matter and getting into that second spot can actually, uh, you know, avoid a better district, you know, if, if depending on how the numbers work, but everything in this region, you got to avoid Albany <laughs> at yeah. the end of the day. Uh, so whatever pathway avoids Albany is pretty much the way you want to go in uh, in Region 2. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump over to 4-3A Division One. You know, we talked about it all year. You have the 4-3A Division One show. I have two coaches shows, Brock and Ponder, in it. Uh, so you and I, I think we're pretty connected into 4-3A Division One. I'm worried about Paradise. I'm worried about Paradise because they have put so much – on the, the Brock game, they, I mean, that was, they literally announced it in newspapers and they talked about it that every day we, we get better for Brock. Every game we win, it's for Brock. And then you get to Brock and yeah, the score was 26 to 14, but I'm going to tell you what, it never felt like it was that close. Once Brock started to contain Austin Iglesias, you kind of knew paradise was in trouble. 
Yeah, it, and, and it, the game kind of went how I expected yeah. it to go. Almost to, to, to the to the T. Brock got the big special teams play. They hit a big play. Their defensive line dominated Paradise's offensive line. And this is going to be that gut test. And, and I mentioned on the four three A show this week, this might actually end up being a good thing for Paradise because Whitesboro, although is not the Whitesboro of the past, that it, they're going to have their you know, second best, you know, test. And then once they get in the playoffs, they're going to be favorites in their first three games, but they're going to be playing better teams. So they're going to, they're going to have some better ways instead of beating teams 60 to nothing like they have for the, for the first eight weeks, they're going to have to, they're going to have to test. They're going to have to push themselves. And I think that might give them a little bit more creativity for when Brock comes around the second time. Uh, And again, the way the, the district, uh, you know, Clyde, a lot of people are talking about Clyde. I'm not sold on Clyde. I, I saw them make the Dave Campbell's top 10 rankings this week, and I'm not sold on Clyde. I think Bushland is clearly the number two team in this region, and then you've got uh, Paradise as the number three team in this region. And because of the way the seeding works, Brock is going to have to play Bushland in the third round, whereas Paradise is pretty much insulated from that version of, of their playoff route. So I think Paradise has a really good chance to get better in the playoffs by playing good teams and then having that second shot against Brock. Can they open up the offense enough, find a way to get players in space, get Iglesias able to do things uh, and, and stop the the special teams play, I think brought, I think Paradise drops that to a one-score game. And when we're talking about a one-score game in the playoffs, might as well flip the coin. I do think Clyde's pretty good. I, I got to watch some of them against Merkel. I got to watch some of their game against Jim Ned. Uh, they, at times, against good offenses struggle. Uh, they gave up 36 to a Vernon team that shocked everybody in their 7-1. and one. Uh, But I want to go back to the Bushland thing. I don't think Brock fears Bushland. I think because Bushland can't stop the run and Bushland will tell you that we had the play by play guy when we did the special sideline to sideline where you came on and he came on too, Chris Welch. And and he even said, look, we can't stop. If if we have to stop the run, we're going to struggle. And and so I don't know if honestly, I don't know if Brock fears anybody in this region. Um, uh, As far as paradise, I agree with everything you said. I just think we've got to see what the, where the, where they are at mentally. Speaking of that, Boy, it sure did feel like Ponder let the moment slip through their fingers last week. You beat Peaster, you're in the playoffs. The rest of the schedule doesn't matter. Now you're going to lose to Brock, and you're going to have to go to Whitesboro in Whitesboro on the last game game of the year. And the only thing that you really can hope is that for them, uh, they've got the playoffs uh, secured. Because if not, you could end up, Ponder could end up, even after having a, a pretty good bounce back year with a new coach, could end up missing the playoffs by tiebreakers. Yeah, it is very likely, and I've uh, I actually have the official tiebreakers from uh, yeah, I got I got it today when it comes to District Four Three A and Ponder versus Whitesboro. Unless Whitesboro beats Paradise this week, which is always mathematically possible, but I think Paradise that's going to be part of what shifts Paradise to the next level because Whitesboro has been a thorn in Paradise's side. They can't. Oh, yeah. It's a team that they can't beat. So the fact that Paradise should beat Whitesboro and exercise one of those demons, I think is going to be incredibly good mentally. And then we talk about the two weeks to get ready for the next game. Paradise is done, so they're going to get a chance to uh, really get – and it helped them last year too, except Iglesias got hurt and it kind of ended there. Yeah. And, White, and Ponder, Whitesboro, if everything goes to plan and, and – Brock beats everybody they're supposed to beat, and uh, Pilot Point, Peaster beats Pilot Point. 
Ponder versus Whitesboro is going to be one of those games where Whitesboro could end up third seed, fourth seed, or make miss the playoffs, depending on how that game goes. Ponder's got to win that game by seven or more. If they win that game by seven or more, they are in the playoffs, uh, and Whitesboro is out of the playoffs. So, uh, Ponder versus Whitesboro, it's going to basically have that playoff feel next week uh, because of the way the tiebreakers work. If Ponder can beat Whitesboro, because Whitesboro only beat Peaster by one. And that pretty much eliminates all tiebreaker favorability for Whitesboro because to even get in a hypothetical tiebreaker, they're going to have to have lost. And if they lose a game they're not supposed to, the best they can do is get zero because they lose by one. They've already, they, they won the game by one. They're one favorable tiebreaker. So it's downhill from there. Peaster's got a really good opportunity to make that tiebreaker. Uh, Peaster's got it. Uh, Ponder just has to beat Whitesboro by enough to pass them in the tiebreaker, uh, which is at, and once they hit seven, they're in and Whitesboro is out. And the way Whitesboro has played this year, they shouldn't have beat Peaster when you look at it. Honestly, I mean, it took a two point conversion. It took Clay Hermes having an incredible comeback to win that game against against Peaster. So if we get the ponder that we saw against Pilot Point, they can. But when you're playing with sophomores, you have these hiccups. Oh, yeah. And ponder down the line is playing with sophomores. They're big players. And the moment was too big for them. And Peaster, even though they don't have a lot of offensive firepower and, and flash like Tyson Price and Gage Ursh and some of the big players for Ponder has, they got a lot of seniors who have been there and the moment wasn't too big for them and they just dominated them. And uh, the fact that Ponder could only manage a hundred total yards in that game, that could be their wake up call. And Brock is going to be another wake up call. And can they get past the the down of that to get back up for Whitesboro next week? I think it's going to be a big uh, factor, but Whitesboro is going to have to have the same thing. Cause I think paradise is going to put it on Whitesboro. I think paradise is going to take out some aggression yeah. from, from this on Whitesboro. And now you're going to have two teams who have just got their butts whipped going and playing each other for a playoff spot. Whitesboro could end up not making the playoffs. And and I'm not, uh, don't call me crazy, but it also would not shock me if Peaster turned around and lost their next two games because lo and behold, Pilot Point showed some life last week. And, and I know Boyd's a big rival and all, but I think Peaster has annoyed everybody in this district <laughs> the last few years that everybody considers them a rival. And, and so I think you have a Pilot Point team that all of a sudden feels like, okay, they're starting to play for Pilot Point pride again. They really have, and, and they changed things up. I mean, they kind of abandoned the running game and said, let's open it up. And I, I said at least two or three times, and, and my brain just clicked in, Ponder's got to win by eight. I, I said Ponder needs to win by seven to get in. Ponder's got to win by eight or above uh, next week in that hypothetical game against uh, Whitesboro. But you said it excellently. Pilot Point is now figuring it out and you they've got so many good athletes at receiver uh if hamblin is able to get the ball out to a kid like rowdy robinson uh and just say you know what we're not going to be able to run the game we'll, we'll we'll run a couple of times to keep you honest but we're going to spread it out i was reading the weiss county messenger and, and coach richie was talking about how shocked he was because pilot point had a bye week coming into it at the offensive firepower that uh, pilot point had and kind of the, the scheme had changed so much. Now, Peaster's going to have that on film. So there, it, it's not going to be a surprise to them. Uh, and I think uh, that kind of actually plays against Peaster's uh, strength. I think Peaster's front seven is their strength. So yeah. pilot point can do enough to exploit uh, Peaster's secondary that could absolutely be a game. You're right. But I think Peaster's just going to have a little bit too much, but I think it's going to be closer than what the computer polls and what some of the other calibrations would say on that game. Yeah. Cause I mean, right now I know this sounds crazy with all the turmoil and everything else. 
Pilot Point can literally be practicing right now saying if we win out, and yes, I know they have Brock to finish the season, but if we win out, we're right there in that playoff race. And you'd be surprised at how that kind of stuff will keep you going, especially if you get into that game against Peaster and Peaster's not really playing strong and, and Pilot Point's starting to go, okay, we almost beat Boyd, probably should have beat Boyd. Now we're, we're starting to feel good about ourselves. And, hey, this team ain't that bad or that, that great. We can beat them. But we'll see. I'm just saying watch out for that score. All right, let's go to 7-3A Division One, where we got a dandy of a game. We've got Whitney going into Grandview. You know, Whitney announced themselves on the state level a few years ago when they pulled off the shocking win against uh, Grandview uh, a few years ago. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I do think this is going to be a really good game. I think so, and I agree with you. I think Whitney is, uh, you know, they're one of those paper tigers at eight and zero because of their schedule and how mm-hmm. the district plays out, and and how the the, the you know the, the way the district calibrates, and that they're playing their tougher games at the end of of the year. And I, I just don't think they. I, I think they have built up maybe a little bit of false confidence, whereas Grandview has been through through the fires a little bit more. Uh, I think Grandview should be a favorite in this game against Whitney, but it's hard to rule them out. You know, Whitney had to deal with that whole referee fallout kind of a thing. They managed it very well, but give me Grandview in this game as well. I just think Grandview defensively is a little bit better than Whitney. Whitney's put up a lot of big numbers against some lower teams, whereas Grandview, I always give it, I talked about this metaphor with Brock and, uh, you know, Brock and Paradise last week. When Brock played Paradise, Paradise was not the best team Brock had seen all year. It's like fifth best team that Brock had seen all year. Whitney, this is the best team that they've seen. Grandview's seen better. So I think that element is going to help Grandview win this game. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to put it. I want to talk West for a second because you look at West. They're five and three. They're four and two in district. Their three losses, though, are to Lorena, to Whitney, to Grandview. All of them were within two possessions. Uh, the Grandview game came down to the last minute. The Lorena game came down to the last two minutes. This is a West team that's probably going to be third in this district. And I'll be honest with you, it's a it's a West team I would not want to play in the first round. It is not a team you want to play in the first round, and they're doing it with defense. But the big questions they have are on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. And and I saw that a couple of years ago when West, you know, was playing fourteen seven games in the playoffs, and you know they were getting by with that defense. But they haven't figured out anything on the offensive side of the ball. And they get into these slugfests, and you need eighty yards in the fourth quarter. Who's going to give it to you? Who's your go-to? West just doesn't have the answer for that but they are incredibly tough. They're incredibly big on both sides of the line. And, and you look at that district eight, three, a, and uh, other than Malakov, we, you know, we talked about the craziness of uh, that, that five, two, a district again, Grosbeck, Mejia, Fairview, uh, Fairfield and Teague all are playing really competitive football and they're all kind of the same. So when, when you, when you look at that, who is going to be that team? Uh, I think West will be a favorite over any of those teams, but you know, they're, you're going to get a good football game in that first round uh, for, for those two, three and four teams. And for the one, two and three teams coming out of uh seven, three, eight, they're, they're going to get a good push. Now, when you get Malakov against Madison, you yeah. know, that's going to be the one game that where, where it goes awry, but uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of some of the of District Three Five A versus Four Five A, where you got Midlothian and Red Oak and you know Denton Ryan and Lake Belton and Burleson Centennial and all these really good teams right there in the middle. In this Seven Three A versus Eight Three A, could uh, approximate those, those kind of battles. And give Mahaya credit. You know, this was a a, a program that. Uh, basically had fired their head coach and then kind of brought him back without 
really going about, you know, not making big announcement of it. The only reason I know is because I follow the guy. And, and they come up with the upset of, of district a couple weeks ago against Teague and it has thrown them right in the middle of this race. Uh, now, they've got Mahaya or Malakoff this week, and they're going to get beat pretty bad. But they're off next week. They've got to kind of sit and scoreboard watch next week. Uh, but I really thought Teague was going to be the team that took that next step this year. Not to compete with Malakoff, but, I mean, this was a team returning like 19 starters uh, off of a team that last year went 6-5, and five, played a bunch of uh, one-score games, and it felt like they were young, getting better. They, they took uh, – Whitney to a, a couple uh, quarters in, or a couple, uh, yeah, a couple quarters in the playoff game, losing 38 to 15. They took Malakoff to the mat last year, losing 32 to 18. And yet here we are, they're hanging on for their playoff lives. Yeah. And they're going to have to figure it out because once you're behind the eight ball, they have a pretty easy game against Kemp this week. They should be a favorite. I don't have immediately who, who they finish off against, but Fairfield. I mean, they have to uh, against who Fairfield Fairfield. That's going to be, I mean, that's basically your, your game winner in loser out uh, as far as that goes. So, so they're going to have to get that playoff mindset real early because Kemp will will give you, uh, they'll be a favorite, but they're going to have to play Fairfield and win. And basically that that's when your playoffs start. And if they can get by that game, like you said, some of those teams where you were there a little bit like, you know, we talked about in the seven, four, a report with Carter. Uh, If you get, if you figure it out at the right time, like Mejia may have figured it out at the right time. You can you can do something, and, and uh, it, it's not an easy playoff road, especially in this region. You look at five and six. Uh, five is probably going to have their way uh, with you know, the top half of five is going to have their way. The top half of six. Then you look at those four teams left who, uh, in the second round. Probably that's where your stop sign is. Uh, but yeah. you know, with, with some of these teams in seven three a, if if you can play a good game in eight three a, I think you can beat a seven three a team uh, outside of Grandview. All right, let's look at 5-3-A. Uh, Winsboro announced that they were the real deal a couple weeks ago with how they throttled Pottsboro. You've got Mount Vernon, who's improved and, and better, honestly, than I thought they would be this year. You've got Pottsboro at third. And then you've got Commerce and Mineola, and that's where it's coming down. And, again, when the schedule gods are kind to you, you get playoff football the last week of the regular season because unless Commerce pulls off a, a shocker and beats Pottsboro. Now, I will say this. Whenever a team is relying on one player like Pottsboro does, a, a, a plucky team that's not terrible on defense might can pull off the upset, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that they lose. That means it's going to be Commerce going to Mineola. Winner makes the playoffs, loser goes home. I love that when it's the last week of the season. Yeah, that's fun. And then you have kind of the, the weird thing that Mineola struggled this year, you know, as far as record goes. And they play a little bit of a harder schedule than Commerce does. So a little bit of a, of a friendlier schedule, a little bit of a higher uh, record. But at the end of the day, I think of the Yellow Jackets. And I mean, this is a team that is used to four and five, you know, we five playoff round runs, yeah. uh, you know, in the last decade, whereas Commerce really hasn't had any of that success. I don't, ever since you, they put you on that scoreboard show, <laughs> what's Commerce's longest run over there? You know, what was it? Five years ago, they got fourth in district and then pulled off three upsets and ended up in the region semifinals uh, or two upsets and ended up in the region semifinals. Uh, uh, the only other playoff team, the uh, only other playoff game they had that was two years ago and they got their doors beat in the first round. So, I mean, you, you view that and you view what Mineola traditionally has. I don't care if it's, you know, four and five versus, you know, six and three or however it ends up being. 
I'm going to stick with with the powerhouse. I'm going to stick with Mineola. And I know it's a, this year's version of Mineola is not a powerhouse, but again, we're not too far. Re- you know, th- these kids know those kids. You know, it's, it's not like you know we're we're talking about what happened 20 years ago or something. Like I have to relive my glory days when Plano East was good. Uh, Mineola is good enough to where I think it, it's part of their culture to be good. Uh, can Commerce do it? Yeah, but I think Mineola is just a, a more well-rounded team. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. All right, let's go to five three A Division two. And if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year that Jacksboro and Millsap would be at top, I'd say okay, I could see Jacksboro. But if you'd have told me Comanche and Eastland would be two and four combined in district, I would have thought you're crazy. Five three A Division two has just been topsy turvy this year. It really has. I mean, Millsap's starting it off by beating Comanche in the very first week of the of the of the uh, district season. Just threw off all of my calibrations, especially since Millsap and some of their non-district games got their doors blown off uh, of them. And then Comanche, you know, of course you're going to lose to Toller, uh, but all of a sudden it's like they never recovered from that. Uh, so Jacksboro at at the top of the district, you know, again, like you said, wouldn't surprise me, uh, but. I was actually okay. I actually kind of believed Eastland. Eastland is a little bit has been on the downslide for a couple of years now. Comanche has been the one I, I just can't figure out what is going on. And computer-wise rankings and whatnot, they're still you know the de facto second best team in this district. Even though uh, right now they're fighting for a playoff spot and they're one they're one bad game away from potentially not even making the playoffs in this district. Yeah, you know, I, I have tried so much to get information out there because they started the year 3-0. and Now, they weren't beating great teams, but Early's bounced back, and they're having a solid season. They, they beat Brady Bangs and Early by a combined a lot to eight. I don't even try to add up. It was 70, 37, and 57. Then they got beat by Toller and Albany, and it's like, okay, that's fine. That happens. It's that Millsap game. And now Millsap has shown, you know, they beat Eastland last week by a, a four or five points. But still, something – Something happened in that Toller-Albany game. I don't know if it was injuries or confidence lost or whatever, but this was a team that was very much one of the region favorites and a team that was talking about, hey, last year we felt we went out too early in the playoffs. We're going to get more physical this year. We're, we're going to be a team that we, we, we lay our, our, our results on our offensive and defensive line and honestly, they haven't been that great. Now, we'll see this week. I, I, you know, how does Merkel respond after just absolutely getting boat raced last week uh, by Jacksboro 78 to 13? I, I feel like Comanche might come in and do the same thing to him. I, I think so as well. But, you know, to me, when I'm, I'm looking at this district and then I'm starting to look at 6-2A right next to it as really really good seating really matters these games are absolutely important right now because you know holiday obviously is who holiday is but even wichita falls city view is much better henrietta is much better we talked about calisburg earlier in 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 our year as as one of those really good teams with a really good offense and you know they're right there at at a four seed i mean it would not surprise me to see calisburg beating a team like jacksboro if jacksboro is is messing around with with, you know the game and valley view is even right there uh playing better they they got the new coach over there i could see valley view doing some crazy things uh in in the last week so what is going to happen in five versus six 
that's going to be fun uh, as far as that goes, which is why all of the seeding matters right now in five two a because you got to get to you got to got to get that third seed. I, I think if if you drop to the fourth seed, it's going to get real ugly on you real quick. And could you Im- imagine a Comanche versus Holiday wow. first round game? Wow! I mean, especially with that, with everything you talked about. I mean, that's. Christmas right there. And, and let's, and you know, holiday is three, and zero. Oh, they're seven and one. Their one loss is the gym, Ned, but I still feel, and I do a holiday football show each week with, with coach Kyle Atwood. I still feel that that's a program that, and the coach that are still trying to fill themselves around each other, because this is a very senior laden team. So, and, and coach Atwood has talked openly about, look, I wasn't coming in here trying to, to reinvent the wheel. I will do that with my juniors, my sophomores, the guys that are going to be in the program long term and they really need to learn the ins and out of my offenses this year we're kind of doing a hybrid we're letting the seniors be seniors and stuff so I, I can see holiday making a run all the way to gunner in the you know in the region finals or, or uh, region semifinals i guess depending on how the bracket works or i could see them getting upset in the in the second or third round henrietta though that's the one i'm about because henrietta's two and zero against the other district they beat Millsap in the regular i'm sorry they're, they're one and one they beat Millsap in the regular season then they lost to Jacksboro by one point so you got to feel Henrietta's fine if they end up third hey we're third we can we can play Millsap or we can play Jacksboro yeah well, you know give, give us to them you know they have that confidence uh right now and you know they're going to probably have have their way with SNS this week and Henrietta's feeling really good because they have played that tougher non-district schedule to where they're not looking at you know those pretty paper tiger records over there going out oh, Jacksboro's eight and or 10 and or whatever like scurry roster is like the ultimate paper tiger nine yeah. and kind of a, a, a team and you know at at the end of the day you have to be able to beat really good teams when you're uh dealing with gunter and bells and and the holiday in this region and you're gonna have some teams go out real early because the other teams their records aren't as pretty but they've been playing really good competition henrietta has been doing that and this district has prepared them whereas with 5-2-a again i just i i'm not sold on jacksboro as being a regional threat even outside of gunter being that second tier regional threat or even making it to the regional finals against gunter i just don't see them being in that high regard i see him i think they're they're state ranked i think that's even too high for them yeah i, I don't disagree with you there all right let's go to 4a let's talk 6 4a division 2 a district that no matter what seems to happen Caddo mills and sunnyville seem to always make the playoffs and they both have already qualified but there is intrigue as Will's Point can can uh, get their first playoff since 2019, a team that over the last three years until this year had won two games. That's right. They were 2-27, and 27, a, a, a program that for some reason just has not been able to keep a coach over the last five years. Tony Johnson's the one that took them in 2019, and he left right after that. But James Boxley's come in, and they're not great, but they are beating the teams they need to beat. And, and some Sometimes it's just fun to see a, a new team back into the playoffs. I know. Yeah, I, I thought you were talking about playing O'East for a while with that kind <laughs> of rebounding. You're talking about three wins in the last three years and getting back there. 2018 was playing O'East last uh, significant playoff uh, appearance uh, of note. But uh, Will's Point has really been playing good football. And you can kind of see, even in non district, uh, you know, they didn't have the best non district record. It was a two and three record but they're playing more competitive yes. and, and they're playing some good teams. And, and now, you know, the Quinlan, I mean, I think they're 
going to make the playoffs, how high they can get now is is going to be the key. I, I can't see, you know, I think Quinlan Ford, Ford at this point is a coin flip game for Will's point, And this could get them some really big confidence. And I, obviously I think there's a big difference between uh, three and four when it comes to uh, who you're going to be playing in the first round of the playoffs. So that could be big for Will's point uh, as well to get that third seed and uh, be 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 seated for a little bit of an easier uh, playoff game. You know, you, if you have Aubrey or Van Alstine, I think I'd rather uh, play Van Alstine, not the, uh, that, or I'd rather play. I'd rather rather not have to play Aubrey, but not to say Van Alstine isn't a team that's going to be a favorite in that game. But if I had my brothers, I, I'd rather avoid Aubrey. If they ever were to do a series about teams that were really good that nobody remembers you could do about five of them on those early 2000 wills point teams that always got forney or commerce in the second round it would always be competitive but they would always lose that program was just snake bit so i've always kind of whenever they get decent i always kind of kind of root for them but let's go ahead and talk five four a division until you got aubrey they're off this week they'll finish against farmersville who is surprisingly in a playoff race you've got van Austin as you talk about four and one farmersville two and two gainesville is two and two but them and van Austin play uh this has been you know we, we talked about this a couple of years, uh, weeks ago i don't know how many teams out of this district go far but this has been a fun district inside of it it really has and, and you know we, we were so worried about aubrey because they're pretty much and, and this is not a great aubrey team no. even regionally there's no metroplex team in 4a division two that's ranked and i'm completely okay with that i i feel a little bit uh misrepresenting when i'm having to do my rankings i got sunnyvale one and aubrey <laughs> two i'm like yeah but they're not really that great, you know, and they're probably going to get fleshed out by the second round of the playoffs. And it's just a shame the way it got, you know, really it's a shame for if I'm from the East Texas perspective that, you know, seven and eight looks the way they do. And, and yeah. it's so competitive, whereas you're going to have some teams out of five and six, get it. That would, you know, not even be competitive in any of the games in uh, seven and eight. So uh, it's really such a, a highly, concentrated area down there in East Texas. But as, as we get to enjoy the Metroplex, this is our, our, our one week area, Sunnyvale Caddo mills, big game this week. And this is that week that you're talking about how you, if it was next week, it would be perfect for you with Sunnyvale yep. versus Caddo wills versus Quinlan Ford and Lincoln versus Roosevelt all set up. You have to work on the, on the schedule makers to get that one more week later for you. Let me ask you something. If, if, the one thing that I would change about the UIL playoffs, and I would only do it regionally because regionally you can get away with it. I mean, I know out in, you know, central to west, there's some big stretches. But the one thing I would change or I would at least experiment with is instead of just doing by district against your the, the, your next door neighbor, do a power rankings, and, and that's how you decide the, the, the regional part of the playoffs. I think that would be so much more enjoyable. Yeah, one versus sixteen, yep. two versus you know, and 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 let it go. And, and even if you have to do it by record, I mean, they do that in some regard for the for the basketball like yeah. the state championships. You know that they re reseed uh, simply based on record as far as that goes. And so if you have one versus two and three versus four, so I don't see why something. That wouldn't couldn't be a, an experimental thing. Now you'll have some teams taking advantage of that and scheduling cupcakes, but everybody at that point has to like, well, we want to win too. So when everybody has the same playing ground and everybody's got the same rules, that actually might force people to play more competitive games because nobody's going to want to give you a game that they know they're going to just 
lose because, hey, if we make the playoffs, we want to get as many wins as we can, so we better reconsider our scheduling thing. So I think it actually could work in, in a regional set, e- even if we just have to do uh, records as opposed to any sort of computer ranking. And also, uh, one more change. I, you don't have to reseed them, but let's not always make it one versus two, region one and two in the semis and three and four. Let's let's alternate those every year. Again, I know we're a big state and, and travel, but at that point of the playoffs, you're, you're in the state semifinals. I think most t- coaches will say, I'll drive wherever you want me to play. Just tell me where. And, and yeah. it, it would just be fun to get different flavors of the semifinals. And, and regionally speaking, I mean, you, I, I just think a six A. You've got Houston versus Dallas oh, anyway yeah, in the first round. The region, and then you got like Tyler and Ch- Tyler Chapel Hill as a, as a region three school. So you know, them playing region two wouldn't be any sort of you know cat. cat, cat, cat catastrophic <laughs> traveling issue. Uh, you know, in, in fact, if anything, you might get an East Texas versus East Texas two versus three, uh, which would make one versus four even more fun in that case. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, we're running out of time, so we're going to jump up to 5-4-A Division One because I want to finish here because last week I, I felt like, you know, we can talk in, in 3A, Lorena beating Franklin, but I mean, Lorena's still really good. They needed a field goal as time expired. Franklin was kind of running on fumes on their winning streak. I think that's one of those things that when I talk to Coach Fannin tomorrow for Franklin, he's going to be like, you know what? I'm kind of glad this happened. We can now move on. But for me, Stephenville beating China Spring. Not beating them, but beating them twenty-one to thirty-one to twenty-one, holding China Spring to twenty-one points. That to me is a playoff earthquake type of, of a game. I'm now redoubting a little bit China Spring, where I was feeling really comfortable with them after they rolled through Alvarado and, and Waco La Vega. Well, I, I don't think I, I've been feeling a little bit uncomfortable with them starting at that. Waco yeah, you did. You did actually. I mean, their their offense has been. Great, but I feel like you use the word running out of steam with with Franklin. I think that's exactly what's happening with China Spring. They're just out of bullets in their gun. They're tired. Their defense is a little bit worn out. Their offense has to always do one one more possession than their their defense and, and figure it out. And I think it's just finally kind of run out. I think they need a this this week against Waxahachie Life a really good chance. Take a break and 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 you know figure it out. They'll, they'll end with Alvarado. Uh, and I, I think they can maybe get a little bit of momentum, but they, their non-district schedule, they have been through the ringer these nine weeks. Uh, and actually they're going to be done after this game. Uh, so, you know, they're going to get that two week. That could be huge for them uh, having that two week cushion before uh, the, the, the playoffs start just to breathe. And really, I, I hate to diminish walks at you life. This is really a three week break before yeah, competition no, gets started. It is. Uh, and, and that could be really important for their, their psyche just to recalibrate and rest because I'm playing teams like Melissa and, and going through the, the ringer. And, and then you get in this district in La Vega and Alvarado and some really good teams. They need a bit of a break. It's almost like the Rangers, you know, the Rangers, they, when they have to play 15, 16 games in a row, the Texas Rangers baseball, it gets a little bit, but once they get a little bit off days, yep. they can get in playoff mode. And I think China spring, this three-week gap could get them back into playoffs. Now, the one thing that, that is advantageous for them is their side of the bracket 
even if they end up second, it is still, you know, you're going to be going through Kaufman and Lake Worth and the Fort Worth, whatever schools you've got Anna in that fourth round or, or, or you know, depending on, of course, how that all breaks. So I, I do think that they can get right with ball, as Grant likes to say, but I'm like you. I know coaches always talk about the, the benefits of playoffs is we get, you know, all of our practices and freshmen get. 25,000 practices. Yeah, but there's also a negative that went over since 2020. Uh, th th this core cr group of China Spring, because remember in 2020, there was a bunch of sophomores. Now, Cash McCollum wasn't on the team yet, uh, but they were a bunch of sophomores in 2020, and they go 10 and 3, and, and then they went 16 and 0, and then last year, 15 and 1. So you're talking about what, 45 games they've, they've played over the last three years. I don't care who you are, that is going to wear you down physically, not counting the offseason workouts the seven on seven the fact that other like cash mccullum plays baseball kyle barton plays baseball so i'm like you i i do think there's some truth to three or four years of doing this every year you start to get wore down a little bit yeah, and at the 4a level you don't necessarily have the depth you got no. you know a couple of kids playing both ways and 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 multiply that 45 by the fact that you've got that level of uh you know of kids playing both ways and and even though that stevenville and china spring are both you know, for a division one, Stevensville is a little bit bigger than China yeah, spring. And, yeah. you know, they're going to have a, uh, and, and that could just be the account of 15 extra football players on the team. And that just gives Stevensville that little bit of added depth that China spring doesn't have. And, you know, China spring coming up from four, a division two in that uh, initial run, they are kind of on the smaller sky side of, of these schools. So I think they have just gotten worn down. And the fact that they've taken on this big schedule, this three weeks, can they get, and like you said, the fact that the playoff bracket kind of works out well, are they going to get Stephenville again and potentially the, uh, the, the regional finals, or will they get an Anna Salina type of team? Uh, but Salina and Anna, that's a third round game. So yep. again, that's something they don't got to worry about. Well, and the most five, four, a division one thing that can happen might happen this week because Stephenville's got Al Alvarado and Alvarado can't stop running water, but boy, they can score on almost anybody, uh, I, you got Stephenville, who's been very up and down. They've been dealing with injuries. I know their quarterback's back now. It would not shock me in any way that for Alvarado to, to beat Stephenville Friday night. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Alvarado has been right there in a lot of these non-district games and in getting into this district. Uh, you know, they've gotten beat up a little bit, and, and they're going to be throwing it out there. I mean, they're they're pretty much solidly in the playoffs. Uh, but you know, this is where Alvarado and Kind of, kind of starts to figure it out. So can they figure it out against Stevensville? This is, I think, last year. You know, these are the kind of games that Alvarado can get out of nowhere. Picking Stevensville, to be clear, but you know, it would not surprise me at all if it came across my feed. Alvarado wins forty-two to forty-one or something on Stevensville would not surprise me at all. Here at L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie, and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. And you can see it all on our YouTube channel at L4 Media Company. Like and subscribe. I want to thank Matt for joining me as he does most weeks here on this show. Also our District 74A Division One show. I also want to thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, thoughts, or comments, you can email me, terry at s2sport.com. You can also find uh, the Sideline to Sideline Twitter, which is that's the one I basically uh, use during the football season, at Grant and Terry. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, L4 Media Company, Sideline to Sideline. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at L4 Media Company. So two weeks left. Uh, 
you know, we're going to continue this through the playoffs. Uh, basically, and as long as there's a North Texas team in the playoffs, we're going to be there. Uh, and, and Matt and I will be talking each and every week. We're thinking about doing something really cool during the 2A, 3A, and 4A state championship games. I don't go to uh, Arlington. Uh, I, I'm, I'm doing pregame and postgame and, and, and all that kind of fun stuff. And, and so what we're thinking about doing is maybe having a live show during those where it's just we're kind of all hanging out. Put it on YouTube. We'll hang out. We'll throw the camera on, and we'll just comment and talk and, and watch football together. Uh, I think that could be really fun. So we'll be checking out the details on all that. Uh, but I think that's going to be a blast, and, and I hope that you tune in if we do decide to do that. All right. Well, it's really, really crappy weather this weekend, it looks like. Uh, I'm recording this Thursday at 530 in the morning, and it's raining really bad here. I'm on the east side of DFW. It looks like we're going to have – a, a lot more movement, uh, game cancellation, or not cancellations, moving to Thursday. I haven't even checked that yet. I wanted to get these. I had this show to finish recording, and the 7-4A show, me and Matt did those Wednesday night. Uh, and so I haven't even had check, a chance to check. But if you're traveling tonight, be safe. If you're traveling tomorrow, be safe. Enjoy all the high school football. And let's meet again next week right here on the North Texas Region Show, brought to you by Power Plus Mouthguard on S2S Sports, part of L4 Media.